Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 145 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Hey. My brother Andrew. Books. <laughs> and my husband Dylan's the sound recordist. Double books. You're trying to one-up, Andrew? By 200%. Huh? Mm. That would just be 100%. Ooh, Dylan. <laughs> you got mathed. <laughs> Turn your own mic down. <laughs> so this week we have a mini-sode. We're going to talk about three books that we could not put down. Our top three unputdownable books. Yes. 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 Uh... When we came up with this idea, it made me think about um, like what I consider an up, unput downable book, and I definitely gravitated. I don't know if it's the same for you guys towards like more candy books. Like these are not literary masterpieces that I have as my three books. What do you mean? Hmm. You can put down Infinite Jest? Like how? <laughs> put it down a lot i haven't even picked it up that's how much i can put it down <laughs> yeah no I, I don't think literary books are usually unput downable i would go so far as to say people who claim that they're unput downable are, are full liars. of it. liars liars andrew is silent because he has like limbs or <laughs> no i i sort of took a different tack to it which i can explain as we go in but always it's, andrew are, they're they're a, they're a mix they're a mix okay okay, okay. Right. Um, I will just say that I had the caveat that I'm not going to pick something obvious like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter yeah. or, you know. Yeah. yeah. We, I think we all agreed to not include those like touchstone series that we couldn't yeah. wait for the next book, grabbed it and like read it right away. I know. I did walk down the streets of New York City reading Game of Thrones because I couldn't stop reading really? it. So that's something. Which book? Do you it remember? was the first one. Yeah. Just I was into it. Yeah. I wanted to know. All right, Andrew, why don't you go first? What's your number three unputdownable book? So uh, my number three is the one I sort of have to caveat the most. Ooh. I don't have any special love for this book now, hmm. but it was an important step in like my reading journey and like me sort of discovering in my like early teens that I actually enjoyed reading for pleasure even when books weren't assigned for school. So my number three is Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Hmm. Um, unlike, I feel like, 90% of the U.S. population, I was not assigned to read this book ever. Um, but I took it out from the school library at one point just because I was curious and it had a famous name. And it was one of the first experiences I had outside of like children's literature, reading a book and like not being able to stop because I was so wanting to keep going and wanting to know what happens to Holden and all that. That said, I mean, I really loved it at the time, but like I don't feel any special like love for it now necessarily like I haven't revisited it but I remember the sensation of like even though I had other homework to do I'd be like I really just want to read this book <laughs> which was homework. very foreign to me and something that sort of uh, carried forward later in my life when I realized that yeah no reading is an important part of my life and I want to keep it going it creeped into my number three slot the fact that you didn't want to do your homework and you wanted to read a book instead to me sounds in the rye especially this sounds very Holden Caulfield to me and yeah. I just think you got this book, right book, right time. I think so. Yeah. I bet I wouldn't like, like it as much now. And as I said, I've never felt the desire to revisit it. But yeah, it was like a perfect storm of book time. Yeah. You found all the other books you had to read phony. <laughs> yeah, they were total phonies. If you really want to know about it. <laughs> all right. Toby, what's your number three? Uh, my number three book is not very well known. It's one called Jack of Spades by Joyce Carol Oates. You love that Joyce Carol Oates. I do love that Joyce Carol Oates. Um... This is a great 
a thriller, basically. Um, it's not one of her better known books because I would say that it is pretty toned down in terms of like her flowery language and her beautiful, crazy prose. Um, it really is a tightly written thriller that's really exciting. I like a lot of the corny old-timey thriller stories of like madness and like a man unraveling it's really short it's really fun um and i think that uh, people would enjoy it you should read it awesome jack of spades by joyce carol Oates. cool that sounds great yeah thank you i feel like she unlike a lot of authors is like really adaptable yes and all of her books are incredibly different because that sounds totally different than the other Joyce Carol Oates I've read and it makes me really want to pick it up. Yeah, it, re- it really is different, but it still has that like JCO quality, you know? Mm-hmm. J-C-O. Bailey, what is your number three? My number three is also, I guess you could cl- classify it as a thriller, but it's true crime. It's All Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Ooh. Ooh. This came out just a few years ago. It, for those of you who don't know, it's um, a true account of citizen detectives journey to uncover the identity of the Golden State Killer, also known as Ears Wan. Just the way that it's written and the fact that all of the pieces were coming together. It just engrossed me. And I read it all in one weekend. And I am kind of a true crime person, so I was really into it and really interested. And I was also interested in the backstory, which is part of the book, which is that Michelle McNamara died tragically while she was writing the book. And her husband, Patton Oswalt, finished it along with the help of Billy Jensen and some other um, citizen detectives. So that was interesting to me. I love the idea of like everybody championing the book and her life's work and getting it finished. So I read it over one weekend, cut to the next week, press conference, they found the Golden State Killer. I'm sure everybody knows this, but it was just so (laughs) weird that I had just finished the book. And I was like, oh, you know, instant satisfaction. So. Yeah, I will. I read this book and I really enjoyed it as well. I'm reading that book right now and I'm having sort of an alternate experience of it, which is that I really enjoy it. But because I know that there's a side of the story that isn't in the book, I'm, I'm going through it kind of slowly. Oh. But um, I still really love how she writes and the story is fascinating. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, for me, it hooked me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. For, I feel like if I was in your position, I would have been exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? My number two, going back to the world of theater. Um, and it is Passion Play by Sarah Rule. It's actually three plays that can be performed separately or can be performed in one evening of theater. And it's three different passion plays throughout time. For Passion plays, in case you're unfamiliar, are uh, theatrical depictions of the theater. Uh, crucifixion of Jesus, and they were incredibly popular in medieval times and still remain popular in different formats. Um, And so the play is three different instances of that. It's like beautiful, surrealist, wild stuff happens. There's fish puppets. (laughs) And the reason it was unputdownable for me is because it is a big book. It's three plays that would each probably perform a little over an hour. And I was reading it like my first night back from college because I finally had time to, to read and not work on my stuff. And I just couldn't stop and I ended up not going to sleep until like 3.30 in the morning because I had to finish this play and I had to keep going and uh, yeah so Passion Play by Sarah Rule really grabbed my attention that's the best when you just stay up all night reading something love it love it Toby what's your number two Number two, it's going to seem very crude (laughs) compared to the passion place. Um, (laughs) uh, My number two is A Little Hatred by Joe Abercrombie. Joe Abercrombie is a fantasy author. Um, He wrote and completed a trilogy that was quite well received called the First Law Trilogy. That whole trilogy is great. 
but it's a complete trilogy and he took a little bit of a break he wrote some filler novels and now he's starting another trilogy called the age of madness trilogy and this is the first book in that trilogy which you can read by itself, so it is a good recommendation, Mm -hmm. but it uses all of the history and all the characters from the first trilogy. So it is a standalone, but if you know all of this stuff, it's way better. I will say this is the most fun I've had reading a book in recent memories. If you like epic fantasy, if you like really bloody, really intense action and adventure and all and a little bit of magic and stuff like this i really can't recommend it more i will say also for anyone who knows joe abercrombie and maybe didn't love the first law trilogy as much he appears to have taken some notes and he has a lot better female characters going on here he has a lot more and his kind of grinding cynicism about the world is a little bit lessened in this one but who knows maybe it's just a setup for things to get even worse in books two and three which i also enjoy so a little hatred by joe abercrombie you're always good for a fantasy recommendation, Toby. Thanks, Bailey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like this because I feel like I'm getting recommendations for other books to read, and it's very exciting. Yeah, uh, me too. Bailey, what's your number dose? My number dose. So here's the thing, guys. The, the remaining books on my list have all been adapted into films. Mm. So if you have seen the film, it's probably not going to be unputdownable for you because you'll know the ending. Mm. But just picture this. There's no film out yet. I pick up this YA book from the shelf, and I don't know what's going to happen, and it's the summer, and I'm staying at my mom's house, and I start reading it, can't stop reading, stay up till 4 a.m. to finish it. The book is Divergent by Veronica Roth. (laughs) And here's the thing. You might be like, Bailey, that's so basic, but at the time, it didn't feel basic. (laughs) I mean, also Hunger Games. Yeah. I stayed up late with those, but I wanted to pick something a little less obvious. So... If you didn't really like the film that much, but you really like YA and YA like adventure fantasy, you should you should give Divergent a, a try because I I really liked it at the time. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I've heard about that is that the first one's quite good and it just kind of falls apart after that. That's so yeah. I don't think you need to be so hard on yourself. That's, that's yeah. pretty fair. The, the next few are not that interesting. Yeah. I like the first one. All right. Andrew. Number one. Number one. Number uno. Number one. All right. So... Picture this. Let me set a scene. Picture this. (laughs) Early 20s, living in New York City, barely scraping by a living, cooking in a southern comfort food restaurant. My sister has moved out. We used to live together. She's moved in with this guy, Dylan, who no one knows what to make of. He's the best. Um, Sounds lame. (laughs) Nope. No one knows what to make of him. Um, (laughs) They've recently got a cat named Wallace, and they're going away on vacation. They need somebody to stay in their much nicer apartment than my own. Uh, absent of roommates to watch the cat Wallace and they say I can borrow a book Ooh. Mm-hmm. so I pick up off the shelf Room by Emma Donahue uh, Andrew let me tell you Andrew <laughs> listeners is that your number one book as <laughs> well Andrew Harold you knew I was going <laughs> to yes, pick this Bailey as my Ann? number one you knew I was going to pick this as my number one well I'm not going to go into depth about it I'm just going to say okay I took it off your shelf And I spent the whole time I was house sitting slash cat sitting, reading that book, sort of wishing that there was somebody else in the house by the end of it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just during certain parts of it. Most of it didn't give me that feeling, but there were parts of it where I was like, why did I choose to read this all in like a night and a half in this house alone by myself? Well, you had Wallace. That's true. I did have Wallace. Very brave. A wonderful company. But yeah, Room by Emma Donahue. Can't recommend highly enough. Also has been adapted into a movie. Hey, why don't we break the order here and, and, yeah. and go to Bailey? <laughs> why don't we go to Bailey? What's your number one? My number one is... What's your number one? My number one, number one is Room by Emma Donahue. 
I I mean, yes, I echo everything Andrew said. For those of you who may not have seen the movie, it's um, all entirely written from the perspective of a five-year-old boy, Jack, who's only seen the inside of one room because his mother was kidnapped and imprisoned. Um, and his father is the, I don't know, the monster that's keeping them captive in this room. And so everything is told from this really interesting perspective. It's beautifully written. I also could not put it down. I remember reading this on the L train in New York, just walking with it. I think Dylan and I were taking the train together and he was trying to talk to me and I was like, shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. Especially there is a part that is very exciting and, yeah. and I just could not stop. could not stop reading it. So, yes. Yeah. Echo all that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd echo that as well. I love this book. Uh, even if you've seen the movie, the book is well worth it because it's, you get a totally different perspective because it's literally written in Jack's language. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it takes you a second exactly, to be yeah. like, what does he mean? And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is nice because, yeah, you really can't spoil it because the experience of reading the book is so different. Yes. Yeah, it's great. What's your number one, Toby? Room? My number one. Picture this. <laughs> I don't remember how I read this book, but I really enjoyed it. Um,. So my number one is The Likeness by Tana French. Ah, I haven't read this one. I've read oh. Into the Woods and I've read, what's the most recent one? The Trespasser. But yes. not this one. Uh, Tana French uh, writes a, a long series of thriller novels. Um, she calls the Dublin Murder Squad series. They all take place in Ireland. They have a lot of interlinking characters, but they can all really be read as separate novels. The Likeness, I believe, is the second or third in the series. It is my favorite by far because it is the least tethered to reality the premise of it is absolutely ridiculous but if you're on board with this one thing it is so much fun premise is that there is this young woman detective working in dublin and she had a false identity like five ten years ago for a case that she was working on when she mm -hmm. pretended to be a student like she went undercover she went undercover as okay. a student right created this false identity at the school some woman came along discovered this empty identity and slipped into it Ooh. and then she was murdered and this murdered woman was living in this house full of students and none of the students living in that house are supposed to know that she's dead yet except for the person who murdered her so this detective reassumes her old identity she looks exactly like the murdered girl and she goes and lives in the house and pretends to be the girl and pretends to be friends with all these people while trying to figure out which one of them murdered her okay this one is actually on my to read list and now i want it to be picked it is right away so much fun i mean like i said <laughs> The premise is a little ridiculous. No, it sounds like the premise would never been kissed. It makes I mean, sense. totally believable. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much Min murder in that minus movie. Minus the part where David Arquette tries to go out with the high schooler. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's fantastic. The writing is gorgeous. Tana French is an incredibly talented writer. Um, and yeah, it just gallops along. I This is a five-star. Totally recommend this book. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. The Likeness by Tana French. Do you guys have any honorable mentions? No. Yeah. <laughs> Redwall, Redwall. <laughs> Those are the only three books that Toby's ever loved. Redwall, Ma Mossflower, okay. Salamandastron. <laughs> so yeah, I had a couple more. I, I these didn't quite crack my top three because it was sort of a similar experience to Catcher in the Rye, and that these are books that I didn't have to read for anything. I'd been like in a reading rut and hadn't been reading as much, and then I read these things and they popped me back into like a rhythm. And those are Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn and Kite, The Kite Runner by Khalid Hosseini. Nice, nice, nice. Both weren't assigned, loved both of them, and they uh, flew by in an unexpectedly pleasant way. Nice. Yeah. I have three quick honorable mentions. One is Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. I was going to say, yeah, and Dark Places for me. 
I did not care for dark places as much, but really? that's okay. just me. Okay. Um, I also loved the Southern Reach trilogy, Annihilation, mm-hmm. etc., by Jeff Vandermeer. Annihilation is definitely the best and the most engrossing, but I had like nightmares and I read the, all three in one volume in one week. <laughs> um, and lastly, I just want to give a shout out to my favorite graphic novelist, Lucy Nisley, who writes a lot of graphic memoirs like Relish, My Life in the Kitchen, and Something New, which is about her planning her wedding, and Kid Gloves, which is about her effort to get pregnant. I mean, graphic novels for me I, are always unputdownable, but I just know that she's like a must buy when I see she has a new book out. Mm-hmm. She's the one. Hot diggity. Hot diggity. Because you know what I like about us? We just gave (laughs) recommendations from lots of different genres. So hopefully, you know, we got a reader that likes YA. We got a reader that wants to play. We got a reader that wants sci-fi. Everybody's got something. I don't think we recommended any sci-fi books. I meant to say fantasy. (laughs) Oh, are they the same to you, baby? (laughs) Oh, no. All right, so that has been our top three unputdownable books. Next week on the podcast, uh, Toby's covering Middle March by George Eliot, and I'm covering Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the To Read List podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the To Read List podcast and on Twitter at To Read List pod. Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me, to Dylan for sound recording, to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song, and to Patrick McGran for remixing it. See you next week. Happy reading. Books, 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 books. books. books.